Paul Bunyan real? It, he's whatever you want him to be, Cam. He's pa- real, and he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to yet another edition of the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast. Cameron Drummond here, along with Murphy Wheeler and Sean Mintert, coming to you from inside beautiful Franklin Hall to talk about another week of Indiana football, get you set for this weekend's homecoming game against the Iowa Hawkeyes, and also take a look back at how the Hoosiers fared against number three Ohio State at Ohio Stadium last Saturday afternoon. Sometimes I say it's a beautiful day outside before we come into Franklin Hall for the pod, but it's it's not a beautiful day today, guys, is it? I mean, that's your opinion, but okay. I mean, it's raining. It's raining very hard. It's not, it's it's not, not raining, raining that hard. hard. I, I don't even think it's raining right now. I was caught in the downpour. It was, it was raining when I walked over here, yeah. and it was, like, blown into my face. It was absolutely tremendous. No need the to umbrella lie. was The umbrella was doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, like, water just falling from the sky by its very nature is... Kind of wild, isn't it? Right. Yeah, like, how does that happen? The water cycle, man. I mean... Yeah, but like we always get into a scientific discussion <laughs> on this podcast, which is good. This is educational if you think about it. <laughs> the kids need to know about. We're here to we're here to educate people. The kids come to learn about football, and they learn about something else while they're at it. So basically, we're doing a public service on this podcast. Yes. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, so Indiana went to Ohio State last week. <laughs> there's no. There's I no, really wanted you to try to get a nice segue out of that. There's no segue at all. Speaking of. Uh, see, if they would have played TCU, that would have worked perfectly. Speaking How? of frogs, boom, would have had it perfectly. Oh, because horned frogs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go into the Ohio State discussion. Mm-hmm. We survived Columbus. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to Ohio State now. Indiana football, 49-26 <laughs> losers at Ohio Stadium. Um, covered the spread, only lost by 23 points. We all went to Columbus, spent the night there, survived, despite Murphy's best efforts to get his blood sugar low. Oh, yeah, I f- totally forgot about that. A lot of stuff happened on that trip. A lot of stuff. Went to a Waffle House. Went, I overslept. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah, not, we almost did not make it to yeah, Ohio State. Let's not State. forget about that. We were very close to not getting there on time because, because I overslept. Someone overslept. And I don't usually oversleep. It's kind of crazy. Well, it wouldn't have been a problem if we didn't have to drive around Columbus trying to figure out the yeah. one specific way yeah. we could very get into true. the Very true. We got garage. there. We got there We got there before before 3 o'clock. Yeah. We got there like yeah. 2.30, but it was like peak foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was an absolute zoo. Speaking of an absolute zoo, so on the field, it got wild into like an elephant noise or something. No. Because mm-hmm. Indiana led twice in this game. They were up 3 nothing to start, which, like, yeah, they did the same thing in 2016. And, yeah, there's always the infamous Lee Corso scoreboard picture moment when the Hoosiers were up 3 nothing. But then they took the lead again, 17-14 in the second quarter. And I was kind of – I didn't think they were going to, you know, keep it super close or even come out with the win. <laughs> As Murphy continues to just stare mm-hmm. at me with Please ab- continue. <laughs> absolute complete attention. But, like, the fact that they're leading at two different points in this game was very surprising to me. I don't know if you guys oh. thought Indiana outperformed your expectations for them or what. But oh, they so did it for me. it's like what happens every year against Ohio State. <laughs> oh, I, could, I couldn't have guessed that. It happens every time. <laughs> Don't take anything away from it. I've, I thought about it. It's like, you know, they played pretty good in the first half, but I don't care. I thought they were It get, doesn't matter. I thought they were going to get blown away. It doesn't matter. They still lost by 23. It's not like it was a, you know, two-possession game or anything. Like, a, Ohio State was very clearly the better team for a, pretty much the entire game. But wasn't it's the same it a good thing every time. I don't think there is such a thing as a good 23-point loss. When the, when the margin is that big, right. you're kind of just – 
grasping at straws. A good twenty three, a good twenty three point loss is something a bad team says. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's considered a good loss. Did they play pretty well first half? Yeah, they did. But yeah, they can't string it together that long. Not against a team like this. Well, not so, yet at least. They showed flashes they could be able to do that, but they didn't. Let's talk about that first half then. What did Indiana do well to get to that 17-14 lead, and then what fell apart in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter? I don't know. I mean, they were they were very aggressive offensively for once. Um, Ramsey threw the ball a ton. He threw it downfield as well as he could. Um, the wide receivers made some really nice catches. Mm-hmm. I think they came up Nick really Westbrook, big. Jason Nick Westbrook, Harris. Jay Sean Harris both had really nice games. Um, it made some really nice catches in the first half. Um, I, maybe they caught Ohio State a little off guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe that played a part into it, but I don't want to – I mean, that's that doesn't really mean anything really. But I, I just think the wide receivers kind of were able to make big enough plays to where it mattered, um, and it you know they had some success out of that. Um, but it wasn't like the defense was great in the first half. I mean, not really. I mean, like you said, Ohio State could kind of do whatever they wanted most of the time. Wasn't there a crazy stat where Ohio State didn't punt until – Right, Indiana, in the third quarter. Yeah, the only the, the only quarter. outcomes on Ohio State drives were either uh, turnovers or touchdowns. Right, for except, about. except for that one drive right at the end of the half where they literally just gave up and right. Went to well, yeah, when they took a knee. So yeah. like, you know, they they did get turnovers. Defense did force some turnovers, which did help. But it was like the kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing of okay, they're either going to take the ball away or Ohio right. State's going to get seven on the board. Right. So yeah, I I don't know. I just think even at halftime, I was kind of sitting there and be like, this this isn't sustainable. This isn't going to keep going. Yeah, a lot of it was because they were able to get some pressure on Haskins too. That's, yeah, yeah, those were those were about the only throws that he made that looked like they could go anywhere but an Ohio State right. receiver. Well, I remember the Bryant Fitzgerald interception. Larry just fell into his lap mm-hmm. because right. I think Cam Jones had gotten pressure. Yeah. onto uh, Dwayne Cam Haskins. Jones, yeah. So I mean, and even from that standpoint, when you look at IU's defense was able to force. I think they had the three turnovers and got a little bit of pressure on Haskins. IU's offense didn't exactly do the best job in the world. We talk about them being aggressive, but they didn't do a best job of taking advantage of those turnovers. Because I'm thinking back to the fumble that they recovered. IU had a 3 nothing lead. It was on Ohio State's first drive of the game, I believe. And IU couldn't get any extra points on that after, on the first drive, failing to get a touchdown after getting into like almost a near first and goal situation near the Ohio mm-hmm. State end zone. And then, obviously, you go to the late part of the third quarter. IU gets an interception down nine, great field position, gets one first down, punts, gets the ball back on the Ohio State 33, and then still misses that long field goal with Logan Justice. Not only did they just settle for a field goal, they didn't gain a single yard. Yeah, three incompletions. Uh And then they settled for a 51-yard field goal. That's, I mean, they weren't going to win that game even if they had gotten like 10 points out of that. Right. But that is where they lost the game. Those are the missed opportunities Mm -hmm. then. Really put the final nail in the coffin. Right. And then that leads into the fourth quarter, which, I mean, I don't want to say it was a complete wash, but IU had nothing going in they that fourth had, yeah. quarter. You could have just skipped the fourth quarter. Needless just, to say, right. we started writing our stories in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right, and some of us were done for our stories quicker than others. Um, it's not, not a race. Not a race. As long as it comes the out. The only race is who gets the most clicks. <laughs> Very, very clicks, true. Maybe. And the race to the, the post-game pizza and the post-game, or the, the well, during-the-game chicken. They didn't have any food afterwards. That I saw one pizza box, and it was just empty. But it was well after the final They were whistle. just toying with you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole pretty rude, to be honest. It's a whole mental play. I will say that the soda at Ohio State tasted a lot better than the soda at Indiana. It's the Sprite tasted the same. Nah. 
I think it was. I I kind of agree with you on I that. I think it was the ice, though. The difference the maker. The difference maker was the McDonald's smoothie. So, looking at the takeaways from the game, is there anything meaningful I can glean from this from that game? Just because going into it, we all thought they would lose. Going into it, we all kind of figured, all right, so Ohio State's number three team in the country. You can be really aggressive on offense and defense for that matter, and you can try weird things, see if they stick, because you're going to have to need all the help you can get just to keep the game close. So is there anything that IU can actually tangibly take from that game and move forward, not only to Iowa this week, but for the remaining six games of the season? Uh, the one thing I would say is uh, the receivers and the whole receiving court is deeper than maybe some people thought at the beginning of the year, and and it's turning out to be a necessity that, that they're that deep because they've had the injury problems with failure and Timmy and mainly. And when you miss when you miss a guy like Luke Timmy and, you know, on the road against a, a top five team, that's the kind of guy that you can rely on to, you know, catch the ball, sort of settle down the offense when you need a when you need a first down or two to, you know, sort of slow the momentum or something. And and Jay Sean Harris was able to sort of step in and provide that. You know, he had eight catches, um, which led the team I think the next best was Westbrook with five, five. Um, those two really stepped up Westbrook had his first 100 guard, 100 yard game of the year um, first touchdown since what week two against Virginia right so those getting those two going on offense um, I think is a, is a really good sign um, that's about the only thing I would take too seriously I mean you know we talked about the missed opportunities and that's you know been a theme for a good few years now for for IU football, so that's nothing new. But I'd say you know, sort of this newfound depth at the receiver position is something that they'll be able to exploit. Right, and maybe that's something they take later on, you know, moving forward. And maybe they do start throwing the ball a little bit more than they have been, um, just because they know they have some weapons uh, in that in that receiving group. And I, I think honestly, yes, Harris had a really nice game and it stepped up he stepped up really nicely these last few weeks and for those guys that have been injured. I don't want to, I, I don't want to take anything away from just how good Jason Harris has actually played here in the past couple weeks. But Rutgers and Rutgers and Ohio State being the two games. Right. Ever since Philly's injury. Um, and he had a couple he had a couple of catches against Michigan State too, I believe. Fair, yes. Um but I think the biggest takeaway from this receiving group is just seeing Westbrook kind of get back into it. This is by far the best game he's had all year. Um, honestly, he's been pretty quiet mm -hmm. all season. Um, so I think it was nice to finally see him kind of break out um, since he's come back from that injury. Uh, and become more than the just year. the punt and return. Right, because right. I, I would tell you his sophomore year, you'd be hard-pressed to find a much better receiver in the conference, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was very, very impressive, and that injury really hurt him, obviously, um, in his development, I guess you could say. So, again, it's nice to see him finally get back to kind of what we saw a little bit during his sophomore year because he made some really nice catches. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, he got up and I think there was one touchdown pass. The touchdown pass he caught was a really nice catch where he kind of skied above uh -huh. the guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is the biggest takeaway overall. And when we look at IU's rushing attack, uh, we didn't think they'd have much success. I mean, they'd had a really right. poor game against a really strong front seven against Michigan State, Ohio State's front seven, very similar to that Spartan defensive line and linebacking group. We had one big rush from Stevie Scott to start the game. I think it was 45 yards that yep. set up that opening IU field goal. But beyond that, not a whole lot of joy for IU on the ground. Well, they didn't really attempt a whole lot. Fair I mean, enough. honestly, I mean, Stevie Scott had nine carries. For 66 yards, which isn't bad. Now, again, 45 of those were on one right. run. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if we really got to see anything 
to be able to judge the running game that much. But again, yes, they have been struggling, so that is a little bit of a concern still. Right, and I don't think that it's necessarily a fault or anything that – like it wasn't a bad – like sometimes when IU just doesn't run the ball, it's because they've given up on the run right. or they've become too reliant on the pass. That but wasn't the case. It wasn't either. even the case. It was just IU needed, needed knew that they needed to throw the ball to be able to stay anywhere in that game with Ohio State. And also they were throwing the ball effectively too, although when you do look at Peyton Ramsey's numbers and kind of also just observing it throughout the game, 26 of 49, that's a lot of incompletions. His lowest Yeah, and a lot of those came in the second half too. Yeah. Yep. His lowest completion percentage since last year's homecoming game against Michigan when he was right around that 50% mark as well. And it seemed like his biggest problem was just kind of overthrows. And I mean, Mr. East Taylor a couple times, some, Again. some deep to the end zone. And a couple overthrows on, like, short screen passes too. Yeah. Which, you know, I think part of it was, you know, on pretty much all of those screen passes he had, you know, at least two defensive linemen kind of coming right in his face, and he had to sort of float it over the top of him. Yeah. But those are still throws you have to make. I mean, it's a it's a screen. You know, it the the completion part is kind of a given on a screen pass. You know, you'd like to think so that that is a little concerning that he wasn't really able to, um, you know, sort of face down the the pressure and, and deliver a decent pass because you know if you have that pressure in your face, that means there's nothing in front of the running back. So if you can't complete that ball, then you know you're costing your offense a little bit. He mentioned he banged up his ang- his ankle a bit in the game too. I think he just came up like gimpy on one play, but obviously stayed in the game throughout it. So he won't really be an injury concern going into the Iowa game. Uh, if I had to hedge my bets on it based on things I've seen, I would probably say Wap Fillier is definitely back for that Iowa game as well. Um, oh, look at you. Mr. Journalist sees him riding a bird scooter one time. Bird scooters are taking out twice. (laughs) And says he twice says he's coming back. That doesn't even mean he's running or walking. He's riding something. May have been a lime. I don't care what it was. Scooters are taking over. Scooters are taking over this town. Whatever. I'm going to take a scooter back to Lafayette when I go home from Thanksgiving (laughs) break. He's going (laughs) to drive it all the way there. (laughs) How long do you think that would take you? Uh. A good while, probably a day. It'd be it'd like, be a bi- day's it'd be like biking, wouldn't it? Or maybe, uh, maybe a little. I'd slower. say it'd be slower than biking. Slower than biking. What? It's slower than biking. I I, I don't. Scooters care. don't go as fast as bikes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't know how fast those things go, so I don't know. What went really fast was Ohio State's wide receivers on Saturday, All right. though. All right, yeah. I'm I'm quitting. All right, I'm goodbye. quitting the beat. Uh, so let's, after that one, let's talk IU's pass defense. Uh, the Not go- good. The good Bob. was the two interceptions. <laughs> the really bad was the thousand yards and million <laughs> touchdowns Dwayne Haskins seemed to throw. It Half was, a thousand, it honestly. Four hundred fifty-five yards through the year, which I th- want to say was somewhere very close to an, I, uh, an Ohio State single-game record. May have just been a little bit short, if not tied it. And then obviously six touchdown passes as well. So he single-handedly accounted for forty-two of Ohio State's forty-nine points. Um, yeah, so I use pass defense, not good. Yeah, well, it had its moments, <laughs> well, but not good. You saw yeah. the di- you just saw the the talent difference right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it is. Um, they couldn't handle Haskins, and it was obvious. And I, I, I honestly don't know what else you want to say. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. Honestly, it's just that's how much different they are. That's just how much better Ohio State is, and that's where you saw it the most. Well, also, I mean, you did have the one completely blown coverage where just no one covered yeah. Paris Campbell. Which, you know, that's somewhat of an outlier, but that's also, you know, I mean, that was, what, one of their first offensive plays coming out yes. of halftime? 
So when it's that close to halftime, you have to feel like Kevin Wilson or somebody on the Ohio State offensive staff saw something. Um, he who must not be that named. They could, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Wilson. <laughs> you, But you'd have to think somebody saw something and knew they could check into something that would mm-hmm. just create that sort of – you know, defensive breakdown. I mean, obviously it's a blown coverage, but when it's that close to halftime, I just feel like, you know, they've got some film on the defense from the game and there's something there which is concerning if there's something that glaring that teams can just take advantage of. Tom Allen mentioned on Monday that that was one of those plays where from the sideline he saw what was about to happen Mm -hmm. immediately and, like, was sprinting over to try and get a timeout called, but he knew from the moment that the two teams kind of lined up against each other what was going to happen and – you know, 75 yards later it did happen, or however long it was that Paris Campbell ran. Uh, I kind of forgot about the whole Kevin Wilson dynamic, honestly. That was much less... You said his name a third time. That guy's going to be running around this room here in a minute. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. You say his name three times. I mean, that was, will appear. That was the huge storyline going into last year's game, The I mean, for a variety of reasons, because it was, you know, the first game back in Indiana, the first game of the season, his first game after getting fired as coach. But that really just didn't exist this year. Like, no one even thought about I it. Didn't, I didn't give one thought to Kevin Wilson. Yeah. Neither did I. That's my take. Uh, I guess if you're looking for any kind of positives or long-term takeaways from the IU defense, they at least – for most of the game, effectively stopped Dobbins and Weber, but again, I guess the other half it is Dwayne Haskins threw the ball a ton. I mean, yeah, they Haskins threw the ball a lot, and Dobbins still had 84, and Weber still had 72. Yeah. So, yeah, Weber averaged almost five and a half yards a carry. So, yeah, so. they certainly had their success <laughs> on on the ground still. Well, so you were wrong. <laughs> well, they, well, they didn't. Oh, I'm thinking like they didn't let J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, it wasn't a J.K. Dobbins 181 yards. yard yeah, I mean, performance yeah. like it was. Good last for them. Year. If they would have handed him the ball ten more times, maybe they would have. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. If, they, if this game had been like significantly close going into the into the fourth quarter, or like a situation where they really had to run the clock out, because Ohio State just kept throwing the ball really, because that was what was giving them success. Uh, special teams wise, not a great day for the Hoosiers. Like Hayden Whitehead was pretty solid punting. He had a really nice punt, wasn't it? The one that got down at the four. That mm-hmm. was a nice in the punt. third quarter. Mm-hmm. Whitehead's good, man. Yeah, Hayden Whitehead's a very good punter. I don't know if we say it enough, but like, he's one of the better. He's in the top half. Uh, actually, he's in the top tier of punters in the in the country. I believe. Yeah. I don't think maybe maybe not NFL level, but maybe, like very I mean good. maybe. But I'm thinking say that that rugby style run out almost never works in the NFL. But yeah, he's a very know. good college punter. Very good college punter. I think the big kind of glaring thing, special teams wise, just ends up being that missed 51 yard field goal for a variety of reasons. Not really Logan Justice's fault from being put in that situation, but I guess now you kind of know the the limits to what you have at kicker this season. Yeah, yeah I you, guess yeah. the plan was not to go to Jared Smoller. In a, yeah. in a long-distance situation, which right. I found a little interesting. Yeah, I mean, Smola just continues to basically do the same thing every kickoff, which is just all that's after. Blast it what, out of the back of the end zone. Right, and yeah. opponents basically start at the, uh, was it the 20? 25. Every time. I mean. Seemingly every time, at least. That, that could have maybe been a little bit of a confidence thing with Justice. Maybe they thought yeah, he, he just, earned it or something. Yeah, I mean, he just made a couple, I think, yeah. up leading up to that point. Maybe, like, we don't need to mess with this right now. Just yeah. let him do his thing. But now you've seen it. If you're in that scenario right. again, you probably don't. Now you do that probably again. don't go with justice. Right. Either you don't kick it, or you go with smaller yeah. or something. I would like to see them go with smaller at least once, just to see. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. Maybe like an end of half, fifty-six yard field goal, just to like sure. watch the kid kick it Why as far not? as he can. 
something that got a little bit of uh, not quite special teams, but like outside of the offense defense block that got some reaction on Twitter during the middle of the game is in, during the second half, IU scores a touchdown. I believe they were down nine points, and Tom Allen decides to go for two to try and cut it to a seven point deficit rather than kick the extra point and make it an eight point deficit. Anyone have any problem with that? Mm. I mean, they were going to need the extra point anyway. At at some you know it was either after the first touchdown or you know a second touchdown if it if it ever right. happened so so if it maybe you just go for it because who knows if that other yeah uh huh but you know in that scenario I don't I don't really have a problem with it I mean yeah maybe they could have done something a little better play calling wise uh, since it almost turned into a pick two for Ohio State. And eventually actually but, ends up kind of leading to a potential concussion for Corey yeah. Cronk, too. Yeah. Um, that was wild. That was my favorite play of the game, though. Yeah, him Just running. laying out. The entire laying out and field. stopping that guy mm-hmm. from getting two points. With but that pa- was awesome. With Peyton Ramsey in hot pursuit right behind <laughs> that him. That was awesome. <laughs> favorite play of the game. Tom Allen I think that might have been Tom Allen's favorite play I, of the I game, I think it too. was. So basically, what I he, am Tom Allen. What did he call him after the game? He called Coy Cronk something. Um, gosh a, dang it! Didn't wasn't a tough, a tough sucker. sucker. Yeah, tough sucker. He's a tough sucker. <laughs> I love <laughs> that kid. That was a great quote too. So I mean, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Like, I mean, they were gonna need the extra point at some point in it. So and against the Ohio State game, it's you're at the number three team in the country. You might as well. Yeah, why not take a chance? Be a little more aggressive. Not it's not like like I feel like if he did that this weekend against Iowa, it would be a lot more out of character. Slash detrimental, depending on the situation, though. That sounds like a good segue into Iowa, though. So the Hawkeyes come into town for this weekend's homecoming game. Indiana is without a homecoming win since the 2010 season when they beat Arkansas State 36-34. What were you doing in 2010, Cam? I was 13 years old. I mean, I don't know what I was doing in 2010, but I was 13 years. I, no, I was 12 years old. What would you old. have been doing as a 12 year old? Is what, my question. What grades are 12 year olds in? Is that sixth uh, or seventh? I feel like that's sixth. In seventh. 2010, I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah, so in the I, fall of it, 2010. It's like the middle middle school years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was at Hendrick Middle School in Plano, Texas. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I did the Cameron Drummond life story. Here I, we go. I was on the debate team. I was in junior at, high in middle school. Oh, I was really oh good at debate. Oh. I was so good at debate, guys. Oh god. I was valued for my public speaking skills, not for my analytical debate I'll skills. Hold on while I puke over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was the man. No, that's no, okay. Like, okay. All right. What were you doing in 2010, Murphy? Heck, if I know. I just wanted to see what you would say. I, I'm not going to say what I was doing. <laughs> what were you doing? You were the one that fell into the trap. What were you doing in 2010, Sean? Oh. Don't was, fall into the trap. Sean. I was also in seventh grade. I don't. <laughs> I don't That's know all we need doing. to know. So just so you made me say it, but no one else is going to yep. say it. Yeah, I just had to know that debate team anecdote, which was wonderful. The biggest trophy I've ever won in my life was from a debate tournament. Yikes! It's like the size of a small human. It's like the size of a four-year-old. Really? Yeah, it's plastic though. So ah, uh, so it's it's just the facade. Really. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's relevant. <laughs> it's kind of not real. So 2010, the last time Indiana football won a homecoming game, took like a last-second field goal or a last-second touchdown or a last-second score of some type to beat Arkansas A fourth-quarter touchdown from Thank Ben you. Chappell to DeMarlo Belcher. I feel like you knew that the whole time. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then before that, it was 2007. So 
the last time Iowa won a homecoming game. So what I'm trying no, to say is, they yeah. beat Illinois in 2009. Oh, my apologies. 27-14. You sure? They actually won three straight homecoming really? games okay. uh, before before the losing streak started. So this losing streak is kind of out of nowhere then, or it's just like a thing. Well, Wait, start. I mean, overall since start. 2000, they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and uh, eleven. Yeah. On homecoming. So before 2011, they had a winning record in this millennium. And, and now, from 2011 now they're to four games under 500. They've lost, and they've lost all these homecoming games recently in basically every style imaginable. Yep. Rutgers. Blowouts, blown leads, close, Michigan last close year. losses to ranked teams two years in a row um, with the Nebraska game in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. guess what? It's been a good smorgasbord of Indiana football results then. Guess what? What? They're going to lose again. <laughs> Let's get into the <laughs> Iowa preview first. No, I before just want you to tell me that they're going to uh, lose again. It's a little primer for what I have to say <laughs> later. So Sean just did our, his three things on Iowa. It's up live right now. Visit it. Read it. IDSnews.com slash sports. Click on the football tab, and you can learn all about what you need to know for the Hawkeyes before you get down or get ready to watch the game this Saturday at noon. But, Sean, take it away. What do the folks need to know about the Hawkeyes? Um... Well, first things first, you may know the Iowa Hawkeyes as, you know, line up with the big boys and run the ball between the tackles and play some real smash mouth stuff. Well, they've got a really, really good quarterback, I think. I like Nate Stanley a lot. He's You mean CJ Beathard's not still the quarterback at <laughs> Iowa? Yeah, Ricky Stanzi finally left. Ricky Stanzi. Um, Ricky Stanzi, oh my goodness. That's former Kansas City Chiefs backup, Ricky Stanzi. CJ Beathard's the starter for the Niners right now. Well, yeah, out of necessity. Yeah, I mean Garoppolo got hurt, so right. but still he was a backup. Wow. Anyway, okay, sorry. but the current Iowa Nate quarterback, Stanley. Nate Stanley. Uh, you may remember him from his five-touchdown performance in their 55-24 drubbing of Ohio State last year. Um, he threw 26 touchdowns compared to just six interceptions last season, um, and he's off to a pretty solid start this year. He's thrown for around 1,100 yards. He's got nine touchdowns, four interceptions, and he played his best game of the year Last week against Minnesota, he threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns. So he's playing really well right now. Um, he is their most important offensive player. I know it's kind of maybe the obvious answer to say that about a quarterback, but you know there have been plenty of years at Iowa where their running back is the best and most important player. But you know I use passing defense is going to have its hands full again. They're going to need to pressure Nate Stanley and against the Iowa offensive line. You know. Who knows? How's that? Yeah. Is it, what do you? How do you think IU's defensive line is going to shape up against those farm boys from Iowa? It's gonna it's gonna be tough. Those boys are country strong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can they can run block, they can pass block. That offensive line is you know pretty much year in and year out. Iowa has one of the best offensive lines in the conference. It's your typical Iowa offensive uh-huh. line then. Mm-hmm. They can still run it even without Akram Wadley. That's not that's not that big of a problem. It's been a little bit more of a running back by committee this year, but yeah, they'll still be able to move the ball on the ground. It won't be that much of a problem. And Noah Fant too. Noah Fant's a good player. Mm-hmm. Tight end. Yeah. And as I said before going further, so I was four and two actually this season. Four and one. Four and one. Excuse me. Their only loss is to Wisconsin, and they play for like an axe or something, right? Paul Bunyan's axe. Paul Bunyan's axe. Is Paul Bunyan real? He's whatever you want him to be, Cam. He's pa- real, and he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> There's Paul Bunyan and uh, Babe the Blue Ox, right? That was that's correct. That yes. was the country. Okay, hang on. 
Hang on. The, Paul Bunyan. The Paul Bunyan's uncle. axe is Minnesota, Wisconsin. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Oh no. We're gonna have to cut they that. Cut, no, they play for like a cow or something. We're not cutting that. We're just talking about Paul Bunyan on this podcast. We will, I will I refuse Wisconsin to cut that. It's like a cow or it's a pig. Or it's something. for the Heartland Trophy. Yeah, that's the same thing. Now, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> that's the million dollar question. I want to say it's made of wood, whatever it is. It is. Uh, Tell me it's a cow. It's a bull. It looks ah, like close enough. That's close. Enough. Made out of definitely wood. Brass, oh, gold, come on. The brass. It's got bull. a big wood base thing <laughs> that has all the results of the games on it. Oh, because they played a... probably every year since 1752. Yeah, since or the invention of the sport. <laughs> Back when the flying V formation was. <laughs> The that, go-to. That was Back actually when the, f- the four horsemen were sharing the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the first college football playoff was um, Wisconsin, Iowa, Rutgers, and Harvard. Because they were really? the only four teams in the country that played football. Exactly. Wow. The committee had a tough choice to leave Penn out. <laughs> Penn. The Quakers were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> the Quakers got stuck with, like, Colgate in the Orange Bowl or something. Colgate. Oh, wow. That's a toothpaste. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> so Iowa four and one. Any notable wins for the Hawkeyes, or is it just kind of? Uh, they won the uh, the Cyhawk game. They beat Iowa State, mm. who just they just smacked Oklahoma State the other week. They did. Um, they beat them thirteen to three. Uh, but other than that, they put up forty eight on Minnesota. They beat Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa and Northern mm-hmm. Illinois. So they got all the NIU, yeah, not schools. not the strongest schedule, but you know they do have a Power Five out of conference win, just like Indiana um, against Iowa State, who I would venture to say is a little bit better than Virginia. So you know, and they played Wisconsin tough; they lost twenty eight seventeen. They let Jonathan Taylor have a monster game on the ground. They though. did, they did do that. Hmm. So what are you saying? Well, actually, a fun fact is they haven't played as well on defenses. In conference play, as they did um, in the non-conference schedule. In the non-conference schedule, they gave up 24 points in three games. They've given up. Uh, they've given up 59 yeah. in in the last two. So, and they let Jonathan Taylor run all over him. Uh, Minnesota's quarterback threw for three touchdowns, but he also threw for three picks. It's kind of hard to peg how good their defense is, right? Because they they were able to force turnovers and they shut down minnesota's running game but wisconsin ran all over them but hornybrook didn't do a whole lot so who knows <laughs> who knows what's what kind of defense they're going to play against iu uh what so you talk about uh nate stanley talk a little about the the iowa offensive line rushing attack what's iowa's defense look like what's peyton ramsey stevie scott and company going to be going up against well, I would assume the secondary is feeling at least a little bit good, considering they picked off Zach Anikstad three times last <laughs> That's week. That's not a real name. Oh, it is. You made that oh, up. Oh, it is. Um, you made that up completely. You know, actually, if we could go back to the offense for sure. a second. Today, um, wait, hang on. That's the wrong team. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about Minnesota. But anyway, today Minnesota announced that their 6'9", 400-pound Freshman <laughs> left tackle is going to be starting now. So <laughs> wait a minute, we've got that to <laughs> wait look a minute, forward wait to. Wait a minute, wait. what? Mm-hmm. And he played with their quarterback at IMG Academy. So no you're, way. You're, you're telling uh-huh. me at the end of the month when IU goes to Minnesota for that weird Friday night game, they're going to be going up against a left tackle who is six nine four hundred four hundred pounds. pounds. Oh my yeah. goodness! Because they have Andre the Giant on their offense. Pretty line. much. Yeah. God. Paul wow. Bunyan. It's Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. But yeah, apparently one of um, I'd like to see that guy in Cam Jones just in like one of those drills. Where, like I have to just push one guy like further than the other. That'd be amazing. <laughs> no, like a tug of war, just him and Cam you mean, Jones. 
Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones, excuse me. Not Cam well, Jones. You know what? Cam Jones is pretty strong, too. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So, the Iowa defense. <laughs> um, so, the main reason why Minnesota's left tackle was pulled from the game against Iowa is that Anthony Nelson, Iowa defensive end, had three sacks in, like, the first two and a half quarters. So, he's been phenomenal so far. He has five sacks on the year. And then uh, A.J. Epineza, who is the other defensive end, has four sacks. Um, so those two have sort of formed a pretty fearsome pass rush duo. Um, so the IU offensive line, which has been, I'd say, spotty at protecting the quarterback, they're definitely going to have their hands full um, against those two those two pass rushers. So that's that's where the main strength of their defense is in the defensive line in the front seven. The back end, it's still kind of too early to tell. They haven't really faced that great of a quarterback yet. I I mean it depends would, on would what you you're feeling. Would you mention say Peyton Ramsey's probably the best quarterback they've played? Um, mm. it depends on who is starting for Iowa State because whoever they've got in now is playing pretty <laughs> darn well. Um. It's kind of a weird concept to say Peyton Ramsey being maybe one of the Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'd be either him or Hornibrook from Wisconsin. Right. So Hornibrook, who's also been at Wisconsin for what seems like eight, nine, eh. maybe ten years. Eh, they had Bart Bart Heisman a couple <laughs> years ago. I'm just looking at some of the names on Iowa's <laughs> roster, and there's just some, just some <laughs> obvious Iowa players. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Jack Hockaday. <laughs> They've got... Court no Nick Neiman Jake Gervais Parker Hess isn't it, doesn't their tight end have a really good name Noah Fant okay yeah sorry yeah you mentioned that already God those are some good ones sorry that's all I <laughs> they got a freshman linebacker named John Carlson he's from Bondurant Iowa and he doesn't even have a picture in here it's just the <laughs> Iowa logo <laughs> where the he is Iowa go. football <laughs> T J Hawkinson God, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sorry. That's my Iowa analysis for you. If you want to go more in-depth into the Iowa thing, the three things we need to know, obviously Sean's preview is up online. So, But I guess what, what we're trying to say is Iowa's a bit of a mixed bag. We're not entirely sure how good they are just because their non-conference competition in kind of a similar light to Indiana's is, was not the strongest. And in their one kind of big showcase game so far this year, they let Jonathan Taylor run for like 200 yards and lost the rivalry game to Wisconsin. Not, and we're also not sure how significant it is that they put up like 50 points against Minnesota. So this would be a really – and especially considering Iowa's a team IU hasn't played since, I believe, 2015. Is yeah. Is that correct? So it's not like it's a team Indiana faces every year either. So could be a real mixed bag. Could be a surprise or two in store for fans who maybe don't follow the Big Ten Western division as closely as they do the East. But Iowa's probably the second-best team in that West division. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say pretty comfortably. Behind – like it's Wisconsin, Iowa. Iowa. And then a pretty Power steep drop-off. <laughs> drop and off. then – Northwestern question mark? Maybe. <laughs> they lost to Akron. But they beat Michigan State. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but Michigan State's not that yeah, they're not. I that mean, who good. else are you going to put there? Illinois, no. Illinois, no. Nebraska, Nebraska no. no. Purdue, no. Minnesota, no. Wow. I mean, it'd be either between Minnesota and Northwestern. And Northwestern. Goodness, for that third spot. Yeah. The, if you ever need like an indication of how much more powerful, at least in football, the Big Ten East is, then... The Big Ten West this year is a pretty good yeah. case for that. 
where you look at a team in the East like Maryland, who's like pretty middling and towards the bottom, still has a win over Texas somehow and stuff like that. So really going to be interesting mixed bag to see what we get from Iowa this weekend. I'm just really excited to watch Iowa play football. I don't think I've ever watched the entire Iowa football game in my life. And well, you didn't watch the entire Iowa Ohio State game last year. No, because that was the same day as an Indiana football game. I had oh. a job to do. I want to say that was the same day Iowa played Wisconsin or Indiana no. played Wisconsin. Oh man, that fun times. Another fun, fun times. time. All right, so Murphy, you alluded to this earlier when you said Indiana's going to lose. Elaborate, please. We're going to do fourth and one. Well, I want you to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on that first before we do fourth and one. You can't just say that and get away from it. Are we going to do score predictions then? Well, yes, but you're not going to say the so score. So why would I do it before? I want to hear the why you're so sure. Why do you think Indiana's? I don't not know. Going? I just I just like Iowa as a team to be honest. I I just think something's going to happen. Um, where I've said it before, it's just going to be another IU moment. That's gonna it, it's going to be close. It's going to be whatever, but. In the end, I really do think I, – I like this Iowa team a lot. I like Nate Stanley. I like Noah Fant. I like the defense enough. Um, and I, I kind of, I just kind of like Iowa football every year, to be honest. I think they're a tough team to beat. Iowa um, football even, very similar to Orleans basketball. Yeah, sure. You can you can make that comparison. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I just think they're always a tough out. And I think that's going to be something – that's going to be difficult for IU after having a game on the road at Ohio State. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough – back-to-back stretch here for yeah, them. Tom Allen touched on that a bit on Monday. How difficult do you think that is, like, going from right, the emotional high of, like, a, a game like that, of, of a game against a top-tier opponent on Fox, you know, kind of have that slot to yourself, having to come back down from that high and, you know, try yeah. and recover against a, a team that's maybe not as glamorous? Right, but, I mean, this should be a big game for them. I mean, mm-hmm. here it is. It's his homecoming. This is a good team coming in here to play you. This would be a very good win for IU. This you shouldn't have any problem getting up for this game, and I don't think they will. Um, but I think it's just going to be one of those games where it's just a knockdown, drag out sort of battle. Um, anybody really could win at any time. I just think Iowa's good at those types of situations. I think they're good at getting teams into those types of situations where they make those mistakes um, and then eventually pull it out there at the end. Because that's just I just think that's what they're good at. So that's why I feel. I feel fairly confident Iowa winning a close game. Yeah. I mean, the spread kind of reflects. I think the spread opened at four and a half, and I want to say it's probably still hovering around that number, too. So we're not exactly expecting a huge Titanic 17, 10-point victory. I think think this will stay single digits. All right, so we're going to do fourth and one then. I think it's your turn, Murphy. All right, let's do fourth and one. All right. I need to think of some questions now. Oh, you didn't didn't come in with prepared questions, I see. I think not, not much done on this podcast is... Prepared. Oh no, nothing is prepared at all. Nothing is this is unscripted. This is very no, like this is the definition of unscripted. <laughs> Alright, so let's go. First question. Over under thirty combined points in this game. Oh, you had to ask me that question. Um well I'll just be honest with you. My score that I had in mind is exactly thirty points. So. Oh, are you going to oh, take wow. my score for this? Yeah, I think we all have the right. I think we all have the same. Are we score. all about to do the same score? Then? Probably. So I'll take under. We'll under? just say I'll just say under. All right, but you're at thirty points. Yeah, I mean, but I'd be more okay. confident taking the under. Gotcha. Over under hundred rushing yards combined from Stevie Scott, Ronnie Walker Jr., and any IU running backs. So under. Kate Ramsey's excluded. Under. I think under. it'll be close, but it'll be under. Who will be IU's leading wide receiver in terms of catches? Um, well, see, it comes down to who's actually going to play. 
Um, Let's so, assume Fillier plays. Okay, what about Timian? No. Okay, so Timian doesn't play. Fillier comes back. Man, that's tough. I'll take Fillier. Yeah. But it can, could very well easily be Jay Sean Harris if Fillier doesn't, isn't 100%. What is Peyton Ramsey's longest completion of the day? 40 yards or more, 39 yards or fewer? 39 yards or fewer. Yep. That kind of feeds into a, a takeaway question from that. So do you think Mike DeBoard stays aggressive with the vertical passing game on offense, or do you think IU kind of reverts back to its old Michigan State type self? I think there will be stretches where they do kind of do that. I think they will be a little bit more aggressive. But I think there will also be stretches where it just gets very monotonous in that running game, and they just keep doing the same thing over and over. And I think – I don't know. I think we'll see flashes of both. I think we'll just kind of see stretches of each, you know, if, if that makes any sense, yeah. I guess. Like kind of ebbs and flows within right. the game. Right, I think so. I think that's how it's going to be. I think Iowa will kind of be the same way. You think that's necessarily a bad thing? or No, but I also think that's just kind of how Iowa forces play, forces teams to play. You know what I mean? So, Thoughts, Sean? I, I think I think that's, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so what's the score so i feel like we're all going to say the same score <clears throat> um, so we're all going to say 17 to 13 <laughs> yeah we're yep. all going to say seven iowa i've had that written down since before the season started did we all say honestly me too did we all say iowa though yeah, yeah. i've seen this i think it's going to be i'll take nice. 17 to 10 then <laughs> I, I think, think it's going to be a slobber knocker i i think <laughs> i so think too. this game gets over in a quick 225 i hope you know what <laughs> How many how many combined pass attempts between Indiana and Iowa? Mm. Oh, I should, I should have asked that. Over under fifty combined passing attempts. Oh God, over. You know, I'm going to say over, over, over. because it's, gonna be it's fifty-one. It's Ramsey? supposed to be sunny on Saturday. It's going to no, be a nice day. No, it's not. Day. It's supposed to be raining on Saturday. You want to bet? <laughs> I'm going to pull up the weather forecast <laughs> right to now. Be raining on Saturday. Ten day forecast. It's chilly and raining. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly sunny, highs in the lower fifties. It was supposed to be raining last time I the checked. The rain it. has been pushed to Sunday. Wow. Wow, you mean the weather app lied to you? Shocker. Mm, I hate the weather. So this is Larry Gunner Mirror last year's <laughs> homecoming game, right? Noon kickoff, bright sunshine, maybe just a little bit chilly. Obviously different teams on the field, but like atmosphere wise and like earth. Yeah. You should see what he's doing with his hands <laughs> right now, folks. This is amazing. <laughs> this is a, this is incredible radio. <laughs> I was trying to like, I'm trying to, whoa, I was trying to like draw the earth with your arms. <laughs> ah, that would have assisted the listeners. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So we're all still 17-13 Iowa. No, seven, I'm going 17-10 now. So just and, to be different. Me and Sean 17-13 17-13 Iowa. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Just, Yikes. Yeah. That's just an Iowa football score. <laughs> I could see it being 13-10 Indiana midway through the fourth quarter. Iowa gets their touchdown. Iowa, I'm not even midway. Like 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Iowa goes 17 plays, 12 minute, 12 and a half <laughs> minute drive, and wins the game. Yeah, seen that. I hope it's a quick one. I got a volleyball sectional to cover that night. Oh man, who's playing? Springs Valley. And who? I'm assuming they'll make it to the championship. They're going to play mm. either Tecumseh or. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's the other team now? I can't remember it. Uh, Dubois, Northeast Dubois. It'd be a heck of a game. You can't, way. you can't just assume they. Make is this a, a is this a real powerhouse knockdown drag out? Yeah, there's three really good teams in this sectional. Yeah, let's talk about high school. Let's talk about. Okay, fine. What do you want to know? Which section? Who's hosting? 
Uh, it is in Northeast Dubois, so it's in. Oh, so possibility of home court. In yes. The section champion. For the Jeeps of Northeast Dubois. The Jeeps. The Jeeps. Yes, the Jeep. Okay, so this is very interesting, actually. <laughs> like the car? No, not like the car. So Jeeps. I don't know how they came up with this <laughs> nickname, but it's a little mythical creature. You should see their mascot. It's a little mythical creature. It's blue, and I think it originated in like the Popeye cartoon. And they named their team that. <laughs> the Northeast Dubois Jeeps. How do you spell it? J- like a normal Jeep, like J E J E E P S Jeeps. But yes, Northeast Dubois Jeeps. Oh, wow. This is incredible. And what? the Tecumseh Braves. So, wait, does the Jeep look like, you know, like the little elf that's like the Cleveland Browns old logo? Does it look like that? Yeah, kind of, actually, yes. You it kind of looks like that Brown little. Logo? Yes. Like, it doesn't look like Sonic the Hedgehog or anything. I'm thinking more human qualities than right. hedgehog qualities. Oh, here's a good... I, people at home can't see this. But look up Northeast Dubois Jeeps. <laughs> That's a crazy logo. <laughs> so, yeah. That logo is wild. But Springs Valley Volleyball, pretty good. What's Springs Valley's nickname? The Blackhawks. Blackhawks. All right. So, you'll be covering... Most likely, if Springs Valley can keep it together... Right. You'll be covering that on Saturday night as well. So you'll, you'll It's going to be a long Saturday. So Indiana-Iowa will be the appetizer. Yeah. The main, yeah, course. Cause, the main course. The main course is that volleyball Some high sectional. school sectional volleyball action. It's going to be electric. Will it? It will More be. people at the Indiana-Iowa game are at the... <laughs> as, as I don't know. Maybe. It might North, be a standing if room Northeast only. If Northeast Dubois makes the final... The it might final. be standing room only. Is that a big rivalry? Would that be a rivalry game? It kind of is a rivalry, yeah, because it's two of the better programs in the, around. Jeeps against Range Rovers. Yikes. Each one of those schools should have to adopt a car nickname temporarily. <laughs> Wouldn't that be insane if like, one school had to like match another school's nickname-wise? Like, I was a Hawkeye, so it's a bird, so Indiana had to temporarily become like the Cardinals. Or like, you just Iowa had to become the Iowans what? No, this was No, this, this is dumb. Like, Rutgers had to be, this like, is Rutgers is the idea. Scarlet Knights, so Indiana would have to be, like, the Jesters or some other, like, middle-aged. This is terrible. <laughs> terrible idea. Person. Terrible Can idea. we edit this out? The, FI, the <laughs> FIU Golden Panthers this is become bad. the FIU, like, the FIU Floridians, or Indiana becomes the Jaguars. There's something. an ABA team called the Floridians. The Flint Tropics, you mean? No, not the Flint Let's Tropics. Let's get tropical. Wow. Congrats. There's an aviation team called the Spirit of St. Louis that was named after a plane. Not just a plane. The plane that made the first flight from... Lindenburg, yes. Yeah, what was it, New York to Paris? Yeah, like nonstop, though. Yeah. Well, I just of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, this is off topic, but I want to make sure this was confirmed, that you both believe me now when I say Jim Henson... Created Sesame Street. No, no, it's I true. I think though. he was it's on true. it. <laughs> I think he was on Sesame Street. No, it's Street. true though. <laughs> it's that's true. Not, that's not who came up when it's I googled the, same the show creators. Sesame Street Muppets. Same thing. Well, not anymore. No, He's not the they're not show the creator same. anymore. He doesn't run the show anymore. You're talking with your hands a lot right now. I'm just saying they're I the same <laughs> thing. I don't know. You're getting hysterical. That seems that that <laughs> happens to people who are lying. If this was I se- quit. If this was Sesame Street or the Muppets, which who would be who? Can, um, can I be Swedish Chef? Murphy be Oscar the Grouch. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, I I can go with that. Who are, who are you, Sean? I don't know. Oscar the Grouch would be a heck of a linebacker. <laughs>
<laughs> so would Cookie Monster. He's That'd not. He's not of, scared to get dirty in the trenches. Cookie Monster and Oscar would be a heck of a linebacker duo. Cookie right Monster there. would be a really good 1980s NFL linebacker. Big Bird would be a heck of a left tackle. Holy be, cow! He'd be a wide receiver. No, Big Bird would be a quarterback because he's tall. He's like Josh oh, Allen. He'd be a wide receiver. Big Bird is the Josh Kermit Allen. would be a wide receiver. Yeah. He'd be like Jason Harris. Yeah, Kermit's a slot wide receiver yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the count th- is like an offensive coordinator, like great mind uh-huh. offensive coordinator. <laughs> One, two, <laughs> three. Actually, now that would mean he'd be the quarterback <laughs> if you think about it. But he never stops counting. That's a decent gag, actually, and I kind of think I'm going to write that into Sesame Street. <laughs> what, them playing as a football team? Yeah, and count as the quarterback, and he just doesn't stop counting. <laughs> they just sit there for hours. The, he just he just follows along with the play clock. <laughs> <laughs> this Marty. is a great this is a great sketch right here. Do they still make new episodes of Sesame Street I on think HBO? So. I think they do. Yeah, on they do. HBO. It's on yeah, HBO, it's on HBO, HBO now. Is it's it weird. like a really gritty like cop <laughs> drama? Is is Kermit like an old retired cop? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen too much. <laughs> Think of like The Wire, but with Sesame oh Street gosh. characters. Yikes! That's what the you new can Sesame think of Street anything is like. with Sesame Street characters. It's immediately funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any any TV show, any movie, anything. Sesame Street characters as a football team is a top notch. That's pretty good. That's a top notch. I'm game. writing Just Friday Night Lights with Sesame Street. Characters. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm sending this in. Sending this into Sesame Street. We're all gonna co-write this episode. We might get jobs out of it. You never know. Well, we I don't might. think this is gonna get us a job. So. I'd like Yeah, exactly. This isn't getting us anywhere, so we're going <laughs> to get on as writers at Sesame Street. Goodness. All right, so there will be no Sesame Street characters we don't think at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Never know. Kermit may show up. <laughs> someone in a Kermit costume may show up. Didn't someone show up to an iFootball game dressed as Big Bird one year? Well, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Random thought there. Well, when I go to Minnesota for that Halloween weekend game, I hope there's some, like, Sesame Street Muppet-type costumes. <laughs> Just so it can bring it all together. So we can come full circle. Full and circle. I hope that 6'9", 400-pound left tackle plays. <laughs> Be the highlight of my life. Oh, he's going to play. It's pretty much given that he's starting the rest of the year. That's how bad the other left tackle is. Thanks. They pulled his – like, their original plan was to redshirt this guy. And then he's six nine four hundred pounds. Probably. Yeah, and then well, he was he's from Australia, and he was literally oh, learning. You, you didn't mention he that was before. learning to play the game two years ago. You could have mentioned that a long time ago. Okay, then. well, it wasn't really that relevant. Australian know. people are very relevant. Hayden Whitehead Hayden from Whitehead, Australia. Shout out. Yeah, for someone else from Australia too. Anyway, so Indiana football, Iowa, twelve o'clock noon. This Saturday, Memorial Stadium, it's homecoming. Indiana trying to get their first homecoming win since 2010 against the Hawkeyes. Be sure to follow us at IDSnews.com. We'll have our usual live blog slash live updates page, whatever you want to call it. We'll be with you for all the major incidents and plays from this Saturday's game. We'll have content going in to the early evening from it as well. And, of course, be sure to follow us on Twitter at IDS underscore sports as well to keep it locked for all your IU football coverage not only this week, but throughout the rest of the season as well. Thanks so much, especially on this episode, for sticking with us, and we'll be sure to talk to you guys very soon. Thanks so much.